At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 10 in a row for Tracy Cortez. Gotta think she's getting a big name in the UFC women's flyweight division. Tommy, my friends and family, I was going to fight here one day. They laughed at me. I'm here today, baby. Don't quit. Keep believing, in, keep believing in yourself, you guys. Tracy Cortez! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Good show today. Tracy Cortez, I believe, is making her debut. Uh, And uh, Carrot Top, who I haven't seen in a long time, who I do know, I like him a lot, um, is also coming on the show, making his first appearance. Now, Matt, I was thinking Ah. of you today because I was, of course... um, In the shower. uh, No, no, I was not thinking... No, 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 no. I know what you're saying. I'm the toilet. Uh, oh. No, I, I was, uh, I was training, and um, Mike had uh, this young. I think he's a blue belt named Martin training with me, and it's just, I, I mean, I've never been more tired because this this kid oh. was so, his moving was he was so good, and he was so hard to choke, and he was so good at getting out of things, and just, and again, he was only helping me defensively. He wasn't trying to submit me or he would have choked me out. Of course, but, how but much just fun? a guy much- like this moving the way he moved it's probably the most exhausting thing i've ever done and they now i'm starting to learn the triangle oh but the triangle is difficult to get in or maybe this kid was just really hard to choke but i mean uh i i my leg i just was leaving too much room on the side of the head i wasn't cinching my hip properly i'm hoping all that comes with time jimmy i love that we're able to talk technique now yeah jujitsu very basic uh, you always got to remember you commit to a move, but you don't force it. If the triangle's not working, ah, ah, trying to force it, you got to see why it's not working. And then right. sometimes the beautiful about jujitsu is you commit, but you don't force, you flow. I'm going for the arm lock. Ah, it's so hard to get. He's pulling it out. What do I do? We flow to the next move, the triangle. The triangle, I'm having a hard time finishing this. All right, if I can't finish it, let's go to Uma Plata. So it is, you're going to be learning the flow. And you know what? Um, what they say from the the last dragon when you got that flow you feel the energy when you got that flow i think they said the glow but it oh, can, i would, I would it, hope they said the glow it would help jimmy I, i'll tell you one i'll tell you i'll tell you one uh trend i've wow. learned to do from when a head and arm choke isn't working when he begins turning out of it uh turning it into a kimura that i've pulled off a few times as he turned a certain way and wound up on his side i was able to uh well, you might have to teach me that one because yeah. it sounds it sounds nice jimmy i'm just loving you're on the uh, he was turning on. it was very good he was turning and i just i was able to get over there as i lost the head and arm choke i was incompetent and then i wound up spinning it into a kimura i'll show you how to do it you'll, believe, you'll be I, in please, awe jimmy i got the white belt academy <laughs> i got the white belt mentality i want you to teach me yeah. uh, jimmy you know who i want to thank this morning you don't have to i'm here every week Matt. well that that goes without okay uh my lovely wife went in with her her a few of her cousins and her aunt to go see my buddy mark consuelos and his wife oh, yes in in uh mark and is it mark and kelly line and kelly, kelly yeah he's doing the morning show with his wife on the morning show now and i know mark uh a while ago for a while now um we, um, we met we were going to do something did he train or no no, he didn't train, but he, we were going to do something. He was going to do some kind of reality show with me. And it, oh. it ended up getting um, picked up or anything. But we became friends through that. And just by chance, my wife, like, always watches her, the uh, Kelly Ripper show. Sure. And that means, so she, she, her cousin got her tickets to go in. So I go, yo, let me, um, let me let, let Mark know that if he sees some cute Italian women to the side, uh, that might be my wife. And 
you know, wave to them. So he gave them the total VIP treatment when they went. So that was so nice. So oh. my my buddy Mark Consuelos, thank you so much. What a, what a sweet art of a guy. What a real sweet art of a guy. Very nice. Yeah. You know, I like that. Uh, Carrot Top, let me ask you. Sure. Look, I'm not I, Carrot Top. I, I, I'm sorry. I came oh, out. Okay. I was asking you. No. He's so mean, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Harry, our, the, the great comedian. Yes, he's very funny. He now, if there was, I'm. Mean, this is what I want to ask. A lot of times, I'll ask comedians like who they look up to, and you hear the the usual, whether it's Richard Pryor or George Carlin. Now you hear some of the same names, some icons. Sure. I don't know who Carrot Top looked look, looked up to. When he got into this, because if there is prop comics, I don't want to. I don't think I'm. I think he wouldn't. He's a well-known prop comic. That's Very a, sure, that's what he does. Yeah, there's problems. I don't know. Was there any prop comics before him? I don't oh know yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Jonathan Winters. I think. Um, I, I would. The legendary Wid. Is uh he's not famous like Carrot Top. He's very funny. He's really really good. He's out of the Philadelphia area, and I guarantee you, Carrot Top knows Wid. He's a really really. There's a crazy manic brilliance he has. Well, I don't um, know. And Wid yeah, does yeah. The, he does the prop comic thing. Oh yeah 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 like just it's a stage is a fucking it's like a hurricane went through the room. It's a pile of shit when he's done. He's very funny. That's a how I'm the I listen. I am a casual when it comes to the comedy. Sure. Uh, I heard a carrot top. Everybody heard a carrot top. Yeah. But I didn't hear your friend Squid. Wid with a W. I'm sorry. See? But that's okay. Carrot Top is what we did the tonight show. And it's such a it's such a memorable a memorable name. A carrot top is so easy to remember. Carlin referenced him in a joke. Um oh yeah, I guess he did. Jake is reminding us ATT commercials, which I didn't remember. Um, I'm always jealous when comedians get commercials because I never get them. I remember I was in a Vegas club one time and I seen him in there and he was walking around like a tank top on jacked. He's jacked, yeah. I think he's that slimmer guy, now. Well, that guy looks like the fighter. I don't look like the fighter. That guy, carrot top. And he, he's a very nice guy, though. He's a very uh, he's humble. Nice. Did I see him on Rogan? I seen him somewhere. He but just he, did Rogan, I think. He was very nice. Yeah, you know? he is. He did tough crowd years ago. He has a sense of humor about himself. He doesn't take himself seriously. Well, it's a good thing because he's a comedian. Yeah, some guys do though. You know, some guys do. Jimmy, what's up, buddy? Does it feel weird to be on the wrong side of fifty-five? How old are you? Fifty-five. I'm sorry. That's it's, okay. the right, it's the right side. It's, it's right. No, it's the it's the wrong side. Right. I'll be fifty-six in July. I'll tell you how it feels. Tell it, me, Jimmy. It, it sucks, but. I know I don't look 55. Yes. Um, I don't act 55 and I'm lucky to be 55 because I've, you know, uh, a lot of people don't get to make it to 55. A lot of people don't get to be 55. And the rumor has it. You don't, you can't drive 55. No, I can't. I don't do double nickels ever. Unless I'm going backwards in reverse down a driveway. I'll do 55. That's a soul. I know. Oh, you do. Of course. Sammy Hagar. Jimmy. <laughs> I thought you just answering me about your driving habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't drive fast. Oh, my God. oh yeah, no, no, no. Uh, and Tracy Cortez, she's fighting. She is fighting Jasmine. Go ahead. Give me that. Well, last no, name. no, I thought you were going to uh um just do uh, wait, um, just just pseudovicious. Just pseudovicious. Yeah, just pseudovicious. So her and Jasmine are fighting. Yeah. And I like that Jasmine, when it says for like her style, yeah. like uh, it says uh, brawler. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. Who else would Bruce Buffer call a brawler? Was it Derek Lewis? Or was it Roy Nelson? Who else would Bruce Buffer? He's a brawler. Uh, oh, he's saying Tui Vasa and Derek Lewis. Okay. Yeah, Tai Tui Vasa is a brawler. You know? Yeah, uh, I love did, did you any did you catch any of the fights last night? The uh the, the if you didn't, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, I was working. I always watch them on delay. I always watch fights on delay. Well, he handed out some contracts. Oh, uh, he handed out five. Yeah, he damn right he did. And they look good. James yeah. uh by the way, two guys who lost even got win bonuses. It was a great night. Yeah. You want and to it read was a, guys? I, I say it was a great night too, because and also uh UFC 
Uh, let's congratulate everybody. WWE and UFC, by the way, Matt, before I forget, <coughs> the merger um, under uh, TKO Sports. Yeah. Isn't that a crazy? And, and what the, is, uh, what does that what, mean for the layman, for the layman out there, and not Mark Layman, for us? What does it mean? I mean, I don't know if it means much to the average fan. Um, I, I do know that they are, I guess, both owned by TKO Sports. I know uh, Vince McMahon is on the board, I think, at TKO. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly corporation-wise what it means, but I'll just say it's a giant power move uh, of, of, you know, the UFC, which is the biggest combat sports, yeah. and WWE, which is the biggest, you know, uh, non-combat wrestling, really. I mean, uh, entertainment, however you want to say it. Speaking of power moves, dude, I'm going to do a power move with my wife tonight. She looked great leaving this morning. I'm sorry. That's the way my, my mind works. Sure. You know? Because, dude, if you're going to be a bear, Jimmy, be a grizzly. Ah, come here, mister. Ah, I'm going to fight you, Jimmy. Ah. All right, Jimmy. Well, Jimmy. You, like a, you like a hiney, Matt. I know. I'm that. a like hiney. That. I'm an ass man. I'll All right, Jimmy. <laughs> Listen, we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, really quick, let's read off the, the, the winners of last night's contracts, if we don't mind. Sure. You, I don't have that in front of me, so I have to scroll to it so you can do it. All right. I'll start it off then. Uh, Gene, G, it's called spelled G, J-E-A-N, so it's either Gene or John. But or Jean, Jean. yeah. Uh, Jean, might be. Uh, Matsusoto uh, versus Kelsey Tanner. That was, a, that was good. And he had some nasty lead kicks. Yeah. So he got he had a contract, well deserved, and he's a young kid too. He's only uh, twenty three years old. That's crazy. Uh, Judy Julia Polastri. 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 Yeah. Uh, twenty five years old. She had a banger with a uh, Patricia Alojas. Alojas. Yeah. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You take the rest. These guys, they did great. It's, no, I'm just good. saying she got a uh, she got a sub uh, second round for at, at 405 uh, rear naked choke. Uh, also, Stephen Wynn earned a contract yes. with a uh, round two uh, TK over AJ Cunningham and uh, Janata Diniz over Eduardo ne- uh, Nieves Nieves. I'm really fucking ruining everything today. God damn it. Man, you guys are happy. They don't give a shit how you pronounce their names. Either. No, it matters. It does. It matters. Uh, sorry. There's one more. I'll usually go over names before if I remember. Um, let's just say Janata Denise uh, earned a first-round TKO contract in James Lontop, uh, a decision over Malik That's, Lewis. And what's nice about that Janata is he's a former kickboxer with a bunch of knockouts and stuff. Yes. So. He should be. That's a welcome addition to that uh, to the heavyweight division. That's nice. I like it a lot. We got fights coming up this weekend, dude. Major fights. Yes. And before we have Carrot, is Carrot in the waiting room? I don't. He had Jake has not said that he is, so I'm going to assume he's not. Yeah. You just let us know. I'll thumbs up. Until he comes on, let's talk about some fights, huh? Okay. Uh, What do you think about Grasso uh, Shevchenko? Wow, Uh, the rematch. Right to it, you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case we don't – I always want to do the main because sometimes we get busy and we wind up not having time at the end, so I want to make sure we get to the main event. My thing is I think that, you know, Alexa Grasso, the champ, she did her homework. She she was – you've seen a take back, and she capitalized on it. I'd be surprised if Valentina throws anything spinning. I think she's going to yeah. make the corrections. And besides that – you know, I, even though Alexa had a great night, I think Valentina, you know, being the champion that she was sure. and is in, in her heart, I think she's going to be making whatever corrections, especially that one correction as far as um the showing her back. Yeah, she shows her back. Alexa shows that she could take her back. So I believe that she'll make the proper corrections and she'll win this fight. Yeah, I think she, I think, she, I think Alexa will make it through, but I think Valentina by decision. Yeah, I think you're right too. I think Valentina, look, until she she's proven herself to be such a smart fighter, she makes such great adjustments on the fly. I think with a full camp, knowing how she blew it, we haven't seen Valentina hungry uh, for the title. Like we've seen her defending it, we haven't seen her fighting for it to, to earn it in quite a while. So yeah, I'm going to take Valentina. Um, I think she wins by decision as well. 
Um, I, I think she wins. Uh, I'm going to say she wins. I'm going to go at 49, 46 on two cards and one card, 48, 47. That's how specific I'm going to be. That's very, that's very specific. Yeah. Almost too specific. Well, let's see. 49, 46, 49, 46, 48, 47 and new. That's what I think. Okay. But I'm wrong all the time, Matt. You know that. Now, Kevin Holland, Jack Della Maddalena as a, a co-main is fantastic. That could actually be a main event on a uh, fight night. Um, oh, what do you think? Uh, I'm looking over here. Wow. You know what? Wow. Well, I mean, Jack, Jack's undefeated so far in the UFC. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's 15-2, 5-0 in the UFC. Wow. But the thing is this. I'm looking at the guys he fought. And this is going to be a, a no offense to those guys. They're all tough, obviously. But this is a step up with Kevin Holland. Sure and I'm going to give the experience. I'm going to give that experience, obviously, to uh, Kevin Holland, that, that UFC experience. So, oh, Carrot Top's in the rating. How do you think he wins? Before we bring in Carrot Top, uh, I think Kevin Holland as well. And he did stop Ponzinibbio, TKO, and Kiesa submission. Uh, how do you think he beats him? I think he's going to sub him. I think uh, I think by knockout, third round, Kevin Holland. Okay. I say he submits him. Knockout, TKO. All right. Let's bring in uh, Carrot Top, who I've not seen in a long time. And when I'm ever in Vegas, I say I'm going to go and see his uh, his show. And I kind of wish that I had done that already, but I've not. Nice, bro. I typically don't go see other comedians, but Carrot Top is a guy who's different enough for myself where I would feel like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to wind up accidentally doing his jokes. Uh, because we're very different. Hey, what's right, up, Scott? Hey, Can you hear us? How you yeah, doing, man? You see me? Yes, buddy. How yeah. you doing? Good. You see me? You hear me? Yep. Yeah. See you in here. You're all good. Oh, what are you, oh, what, what's what in are your you mouth, Mr. Carrot Top? The cough drop. Oh, oh. the cough drop? Oh, yeah. I see I that you I see, first of all, I love your look today. Nice to meet you, Mr. Carrot Top. Thank you. Nice to meet you. My name is Matt. And, and that's, uh, of course, you know Jimmy. Yeah. Hey, you know, Carrot Top, I can't help but notice besides your headband and cough drop and nice hair, you have a shirt that says anal bleach. Yeah, I didn't know what to wear. I figured Jimmy might appreciate it. You're not wrong. I've gargled with it, so you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I respect anal bleach. Now, does anybody besides porn stars bleach their a-holes? Oh! Did Harry? you really? Harry, did you? No, I don't know. I might have. I, you know, I'm very busy. I have no idea if I did or not. <laughs> you might have <laughs> forgot you bleached your I might have forgot I had done it. I'd done it. <laughs> No, did Either you? Either way, if, I, if it was done, I had people do it. You know, you yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, somebody did yeah. it for you. That's, yeah, most, that, that, that's what makes it fun. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you because, uh, listen, some comedians are slobs. You look yeah. in really good shape, and I'm telling you, you've been in good shape for a while. I remember. Yeah. I remember. You're, we're going to talk about your your residency in, in in Las Vegas. I was at a club in Las Vegas ages ago, bro. Ages right. ago. And I remember seeing you there, probably in a tank top, I think so. You look diesel then. What do you do to stay in shape? Do you ever mess around with any martial arts? I carry around all my hate mail is what happens. <laughs> and, uh, Dude, yeah, you I don't know. I, you know what's funny? Being, I was always an athlete when I was a kid. So when I got into comedy, nothing changed. I went to the gym when I was a kid. I went to the gym as a, as a comic. So it really wasn't abnormal for me to be in shape. And I think just in this business, comedy business, there's not a lot of comics that 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 do take care of themselves and, and go to the gym. And, uh, you know, and people took notice and they're like, well, is he on steroids? Or do you, no, I'm just working out. Take it easy. So it's just a, it's just been part of my life. I like to be in shape. It makes you feel better. I'm running around on stage. Um, it's just it's just part of my life. Now I, I was I'm sorry, Jimmy. I was asking Jimmy earlier because I mean I I love comedy. I do. Um, but as Thank far God. as I know, and I know there's I know there's more. Jimmy was just giving me a little um history on it. But as far as I know, as as and, and a lot of regulars know, you're like the prop comic. I was like, my question to you is I, we've had a lot of comedians on here and I've always asked them, you know, like who would you look up to as a comedian? And they'd say, you know, whether it's Richard Pryor and and, you know all these other old comedians uh, yeah did you look 
who did you look up to? Because you, it seems very original, even though Jimmy was shooting off some uh, other prop comics. There's other guys who do it. Yeah, but you were definitely used by father. Yeah, did you? There's really been a lot. There's been prop. a lot of prop comics along the way. Uh, funny enough, I really wasn't a guy looking at to to follow prop guys as more as I was stand up. I liked George Carlin. Ooh. I liked, uh, of course, Richard Pryor. Um, I, I think I remembered um, Eddie Murphy's Delirious from from beginning to end. Um, there, there was uh, Jonathan Winters. Uh, there were so many comics. There's even comics that weren't on the main. Like Gary Shandling had a. It was something about Gary Shandling's cadence that made me laugh. He had a great cadence. So that's what's fun, I think, about comedy in general, too, is not just the writing of, of how it's written. It's how it's delivered and the cadence of it. And that's why the prop comedy was there was a lot of there was a lot of prop comics. Um, Gallagher being one that had oh, a right. Great, Gallagher. Jesus. Yeah. You know, Gallagher was one of the biggest. And he had a, a unique way. And in fact, his fact, his it was as mine is, which makes it funny. When people try to compare me to something like they do a band. They always try to say, oh, well, you're like so and so. And I say, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, it, I might be like so-and-so in the sense of I'm holding up visual stuff, but if you see the live show, there's nothing that you could compare me to prop guy-wise. I mean, there was, you know, Gary Mulder had a whole different kind of style where he'd have props, but he didn't use them as punchlines to, to like with the, with the word. He would just, he'd just be holding up a sheet of music and, and do something. Um, it was very clever. Steve Martin had an arrow in his head. I mean, there was a lot of guys sure. that, that used props. Yeah. I just, when I came into the scene, I was trying to come up with a way that was different that I enjoyed because I really did like the visual aspect of it. I thought I'm playing, you know, about to a bunch of drunk people. I thought, hey, it's like show and tell with liquor. You know, they're they're Funny. drunk, but they're like they're paying attention. Look, I'm holding up something you have to see. So it kind of became an accident first to be that kind of style. And then it just became my thing. You know, then it became like, oh, you're the prop guy. Did and you love it? Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And then I'll just say the only thing that's happened is now, and since I've done it for God, almost 36 years, it's uh, the live show has changed so much. I had a, I had a couple last night that came to the show. And the first thing they said to literally the first thing they said to me was there's, you don't do any props anymore. And I said, I do props. He said, no, but like 45 minutes, of your show was just telling stories. So it's, it's evolved in a nice sure. way uh, for me, just because I've, I've been doing it so long that I have a little more comfort in telling a story as opposed to being so manic about getting, you know, th this cough drop into the show. So um, it's been a fun process just to try to tell, tell a story. And you're at a point where you can do what you want to do. Um, yeah. When Carlin mentioned you, he did, he used you in a joke that the, and the punchline yeah. was carrot top pack. How happy did that make you to hear him? And you were such a cultural icon at that point that everybody got it and everybody understood the reference. And, and did that make you realize like, wow, I really have kind of made it into the zeitgeist. Yes. In fact, I remember the bit and I put it in my show for, for a while. And I said, this is a, this is one moment, you know, every comic has a moment. They know they made it like I'm on the tonight show. This was my reigning moment. Check it out. And George Carlin said, who packed your bags? The carrot top packed my bags. <laughs> and it was, it was so, it was one of those, yeah, breath, it gives me chills still to this day. Cause it's like, you're, you, you take yourself back to like nine years old, sitting on your couch, watching a George Carlin special. And then he's mentioning you in one of the specials and he knows of you and, and you know, pop culture, he knows me. And uh, and it was a very funny bit too. I mean, it's yeah. funny. Who, who packed your bags? No fucking carrot top packed my bag. It's a great, it's a great, great. It was a great moment. Yeah, and uh, in Vegas, go check out Carrot Top. He's at uh, the residence at the Luxor and uh, Hotel and Casino, which eighteen years, man. That's a tremendously long run for a comic in one place. Uh, that man, must just it. feel like home for you. You must you must just love not having to leave Vegas if you don't want to leave Vegas. Yeah, it's it's a blessing. I mean, I really got lucky when I got the gig. It's been it's been so much fun. I did knowing getting into it. I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, and, and it's turned out to be magical. I mean, you get to go down every night and do a show and you go back and get in your own bed and, or somebody's bed. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah. It's fun. Do you work? Uh, do you work uh, seven? Uh, you do like four weeks on one week off. Is that is that yeah. seven nights a week? Six, six nights. Okay, yeah. six nights a week, and you live in Vegas, obviously. Do you gamble? Like, I always find when I'm in Vegas, I have a hard time avoiding the, the demons. See, I have, I have just the opposite of you. I'm, I'm just one of those guys. I do not care to gamble. Thank God I wouldn't be here 18 years, I think, if I did have a gambling problem. Um, I don't know if it's just the, if it's just the, if it's the people, if it's just the, the surroundings, if it's the smoke, if it's just the whole environment. Uh, it's not me. I'm kind of a 
believe it or not, a kind of quiet guy. And I kind of just hibernate to my dressing room and I do the show and I boogie home. Um, I'm, I don't gamble, by the way. I, I just, I, I, I don't know how anyone lives there and doesn't do it. That's why I don't do it. Cause I'm so scared, yeah. but you, you're smart. Yeah. You figured it out. Can't do it. Yeah. I just don't, I don't even know if I figured it out. I just never got into it. You know, never did. I'm sorry. I have other know? problems like bl anal bleaching, but you know. <laughs> when you do a show, how many nights a week do you do it? You weren't, you weren't listening. We do. Uh, <laughs> want, okay, Mr. Carrot Top, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Mr. Carrot Top. He did say, he did say six. Oh, you did yeah, say six. Six nights, six, six, six nights a week for about I, four weeks. Well, four weeks on, one week off, four on, one off. I usually go, I usually go back to Orlando. I have a house there and uh, I go back there every, every break. Usually, usually. And you got, uh, I like to see like this evolution because, you know, for, for many, many years ago, comics were shitty to you. And I think because they thought it made them sound smarter to be shitty to you and you never deserved it. And I like the fact that it's come full circle now and people, you get the respect that you should have always gotten and people understand how good you are at what you do. And that's got it. You have to recognize that. And that has to make you feel really good. Of course it does. It makes you feel really good. And, you know, when you're a young comic and you're breaking into the scene, you kind of expect it. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't like I was shocked that I was going to get all this abuse. I was very uh, to the scene and I got I got popular pretty quick. I was on, you know, the Tonight Shows and all those shows, Regis and Kathy Lee. And, you know, I started doing the college circuit. So I got a lot of success. And it, it wasn't overnight, but it was for, for most comics and for most people, it was sooner than most. But they didn't realize that it did take a lot of hard work. And I always, I was always shocked though, always that I was like, why am I getting so much abuse if I'm, if I'm doing my own thing? Like it would be different if I was doing, you know, Jim Norton's act. If I was doing your act, I would see how people are like, what the, what the, he, what, what, he's doing, he's not even doing his own act. But I was so proud of the fact that I had built this, this kind of act that was so original that no one would give me shit for stealing it because they wouldn't. It was like a, you know, a box full of props. Like, who's going to steal a crime watch sign? Who's going to run around with? <laughs> so I had all my own little, my own little gags, and I thought, this, you know, they're going to love me for it. They're going to say this guy's original. And so then I found out real quickly that it didn't matter if you were original and clever and funny. It was just you were successful. They, they hated that that I was getting success. And you know, I'd I'd ask people like Jay Leno. I used to do the show all the time. And Jay one day says, you know, I think that I would give me, I said, well, I said, you know, comics give me so much grief because I'm, I'm on your show like every three weeks. And he said, you know what, comics give me sick and I give you on this show every three weeks. And you know what, you do your three weeks, you come on, you do your own thing. And he was like, kind of had my back. He said, you know, these guys aren't coming on every three weeks because they don't have three weeks to do it. They don't have a set to do it. You always call and say, I have a set of brand new jokes. I've got my Trump stuff ready. I've got my... Uh, my whatever Aaron Rodgers helmet is ready to go tonight. I mean, it's like, so there's you, you write and you have prepared and, and you, you go on these shows and, and then you finally realize it's just all a bunch of crap anyhow. So it's, um, but I have gotten more love in the, in the, in the letter. And I think it's kind of like being part of a, a family after about 19 years, you're like, okay, you could come to the barbecue now. Uh, now I heard you say you do the show six days a week, unless I'm mistaken. Now, yeah. <laughs> when you do that show every night, pretty much, yeah. a lot of times comedians, when they're working on new stuff, they go to the, the fat black pussycat or whatever, and they try out new stuff, and then they they hone it. How often do you change up your your act? I mean, every every twelve years. No, I uh, <laughs> I try to change it up, uh, literally. Uh, uh, and and again, as you, when you're a comic, we're comics, so you know. People always have this when they see Chris Rock special, they go, oh, I saw Chris Rock. So when I go see him, he's going to have a whole new hour. So it's not how it works in comedy with comics and comic clubs, um, but you can change. So I'm very, very uh, strict on, on my writing. I write something every day, whether it's one thing uh, or if it's two things or if it's it could be a sound bite. It could be a new a new Trump thing I do or it could be a, like I just said, Aaron Rodgers. I have an Aaron Rodgers helmet. That's it. The paint's still wet. I mean, it just happened. So. I try to I try to include something, whether it's even a little tidbit, uh, once a night. So if someone did come to the show in say a month, they would say, "Wow, you have a lot of new new material." So I'm I'm always constantly trying. Even, even if if it epic fails, you still you still are kind of you know the crowd appreciates that you're trying to do a joke on a topic, you know, that day. What you do is difficult though, because like if Aaron like Aaron Rodgers is a perfect example. Like if I try a joke tonight, I'll run it through. What do I think about that? 
but you have to think in visual terms as well. So like what you have an Aaron, uh, you have a Jets football helmet. Will you think of a joke and then go, I got to go out and buy a football helmet? Or a lot of times you're like, fuck, I'm so happy I already have this. Both, yes. Both times, yes. There's been there's been things like, ah, I need an Aaron Rodgers helmet. Or I stay in my warehouse. I think I have a helmet. I think we can make this tonight. So, uh, which is what we did last time. We went into the warehouse and found paint and made it and it killed. It was, uh, in fact, uh, the biggest joke of the show was you know, the, the, the thing's still fucking wet. I mean, it's that new. So um, it's uh, then the crowds appreciate it. They're like, wow, he's, he's on top of a joke that literally just broke. And sometimes, as you know, you can be too soon, too soon. So you can have a joke like the first night the Barbie, the Barbie movie came out. We did some Barbie, stupid Barbie thing. And no one laughed because they hadn't seen the movie yet. So it took a couple of days to get the, the, the joke working. And then by the time it works, and it's out of the show again. So Yeah, by I the time it feels good, yeah, it's not topical anymore, right? right? How was that Barbie movie, by the way? Did you see it? I have not seen it, no. Oh, I was talking to Jimmy. Jimmy, you see it? I have not seen it, no, oh. but I own the outfit. Um, <laughs> now, you have a warehouse of stuff. You, you, that, that, so, like, you could put something down and then in five years go, fuck, I remember I like that joke. I'm going to bring that back. You keep it all in the warehouse. Absolutely. One of my best ones that I just rekindled into the show was it's a dinosaur. <clears throat> Imagine a dinosaur on a, on a dog chain. He used to be Dick Cheney's dog because he was old. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I say, oh, it's Joe Biden's dog. So – you know, it, it's one of those. Sure. All, literally, all I did is dust it off and put it in the show, and it, it kills. Yeah, it kills. Yeah, you so swap out the old person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Breyer comes Joe Biden's dog on a lead, and then you, and then we added this classified document that's magnet that so the dog picks it up and picks it up off the feet. So it's like a, a double whammy joke. Yeah, that's really being topical with that stuff too. Is uh, I I always think that certain guys don't get enough credit for how topical and how yeah. on top of what's right. the current events. And Leno, by the way, you mentioned Leno. Leno always got shit, and he shouldn't have gotten shit. I mean, he was like the workingest stand up as a fucking talk show host. He was a great stand up, and these guys yeah. just gave him shit. And I'm like, for what? There's no right. reason to be giving this guy right. anything. He treats comedians great. He always always has been one of the best people in comedy. Isn't that like with anything, like when a musician makes it, they're like, oh, they sold out. They're not punk anymore. It's whenever you get too big, isn't it just the natural? Yeah, that was kind of the, that was kind of the term they used back then. Yeah, they sold out kind of thing. And, you know, I think, I don't know, if you're an artist of any type of, you're a comic or you're, you're a, a, a musician, when you, when you, the day you think, I want to get into this business, I think the first thing you think to yourself is, God, I hope I fucking sell out. I hope I become... You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the stones are like, oh, the stones, yeah, they sold out. They're they're too big. They're too corporate. I think that's the purpose of getting into this business is you want to be big. You want to be, you want to, you want to be able to say, hey, man, he sold out. And meaning in a good way, you know, you yes. still have like meaning, meaning, you know, you, you're not giving your soul to the devil, but you're, you're very popular. I mean, there's comics that right now that are selling arenas out that a month ago are doing comedy clubs and God bless them. You know what? More power to, I mean, you know what? You, something happened. Some, you, you became huge. God bless you. I mean, you got the fan base. You got it. Dig it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Selling out is like some guys will um, misquote that is that when you're right. successful, all of a sudden right. you're, se but it's like, no, right. selling out is if you deny all of who you are to make right. more. That's one thing. Right. But just That's using what I was trying yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to say in the, in the term of sellout, not selling out tickets, but selling your soul. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, uh, it's crazy. And then that was that your first Rogan that you've done you, as your first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did it feel? And did you get any stuff out that you had kind of wanted to talk about? You know, it was great. It was, it was great because uh, Joe and I had known each other as strippers. No, <laughs> we had known each other as, uh, as comics for years. Um, but we never really, uh, you know, spoke at great lengths. We just, like you and I, we've known each other for, for many years. We never really had a discussion like this. Um, I was a little, I was a little apprehensive going into it, not knowing really, I figured, you know, being carrot top, here we go. You know, he's not going to like me. I'm going to be the target. But then I thought to myself, why would he bring me on to have a train wreck? I don't think that's Joe's style. Yeah. And then so like a week or two before we were trying to get on Gilbert Godfrey, God bless Gilbert Godfrey. He was on the show and he was just praising me like there was no tomorrow. He kept saying the funniest guy is Carrick Top. He's the funniest comedian. And Joe Rogan was like, Right. He's is he not the best comedian that we use? He's he's smart. He's got this. He's, he's got muscle. I and mean, he went through this whole thing. So I'm like, 
So I yeah. called my people and I said, I think it's safe now. I think we can go on because they just did a whole love fest, right? So I went on with a little more feeling that it was going to be a love fest and not uh, a, 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 another way around fest. And so I got on and it couldn't have been more, it couldn't have been more fun. He talked about just what we're talking about. Comedy, why, why I got shit. Why, why should I get um, shit? Um, the success of being in this business for almost 30 years. He's like, these people, who are these people? Why, why, what's wrong with you? So we got across everything that really I wanted to get across is just to show people that I'm just trying to be a comic, just trying to do this job and tr- and do it right and uh, and have a fan base that appreciates it. So it was it was great. I just did, did Bill, Ma- Bill Maher. Just I just did his last week. And it was it was funny. The same thing when I did Bill's. It was I knew Bill, but I kept thinking, is he going to like throw me down this political train wreck of, of, of uh, politics? And he did. We talked for two and a half hours and it was just about comedy and about life and about anal bleaching. And it was yeah, about, of course, yeah, the most important. It was, it was a great conversation. And it really it, I've had so many people say I love that conversation because it was just a genuine chat with Bill Maher, another comic. And both of you talked you talked about comedy, the state of comedy. Uh, we talked about politics to a degree, but we didn't get involved in it. And well, uh, yeah. We'll give him a plug uh, with, with Bill Moore. He does a show called Club Random, right? Is that what you yeah, were on? Yeah, Club Random. It was just it's on. Fun. He's sitting there smoking pot. Not you, Karen. Yeah. I'm talking about Bill. He smokes pot. He talks to people. When that, I'll tell you, that Bill Moore, he's a likable guy. Yeah, I feel yeah. I'm not really a big into the politics. He's so likable and down to earth mm-hmm. and stuff. But the second somebody brings up Trump or he brings up Trump, it gets very negative. And very, gets- very negative. He, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. That was my, my horrible Trump. That's what I kept doing to, to Bill. I kept, I kept doing the, I kept doing the coming in close to him, and he. Yeah, he doesn't like. He doesn't like. Bill, you do know I'm the only prop comic, the only one. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes like unlikable when you do, but if you like Trump or if you don't, it just becomes very negative. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's why I tried to stay clear, and every time he did. Anything he did, Trump, I just did that impression, and then he'd laugh and we move on. So I, I would. I'll watch his show, but when that gets brought up, he becomes just I hate that guy's this. And he goes, "Oh shit!" Took a turn to Negativeville. Uh, did you ever approach Caratop? Did you ever approach or talk to any of these comics that kind of shit on you uh, when uh, you yeah going through it? Did you ever talk to them? It's yeah. Hey, what's that? What's the deal? What's the deal? Yeah, I did uh, a couple. We've made up since, but um. There was there was one in general that uh, I'll try to keep it really brief. So I was I was a young comic. I mean, I had, you know, I was I was sitting at home in Charlotte and they got a call. Do you want to open up for Dennis Miller? And I said, oh, my God. Fuck. Yes. And they said, well, I said, when is it? They said, tonight, you got to be in at Wake Forest University. I'm like, well, I'm in Charlotte. I'm not, well, I'm not, how am I going to get there? They said, you got to leave like right now. So I grabbed I grabbed a prop trunk, grabbed about six or seven things. How much time am I doing? They said, you in like 15 minutes. I said, fuck, I don't know if I have 15 minutes. So I got in my car, rolled up there, got up, open for Dennis Miller. I'm four, four jokes in and it's going incredibly well. I mean, like the best response I could ever, it was in front of this big, huge university. Sure. You know, 5,000 people homecoming and uh, there's a little carrot top and I've got the little, and I'm doing my, I remember one of the props was it was it was a car. It was a car that was built in the shape of a, of a ramp. So if you had a head on collision, you just jump it. And I remember I, I did the joke and I said, yeah, they should make a car like this. So if you hit someone head on, you just go, you go right over. It was silly. So I put it down and I think then I did my my last joke was the paper cups and string telephone. And it had a second cup for call waiting. I said, I got a call. I'll get back. I have a call. <laughs> so there were very clever things. And I look over and I see I see the guy like, you know, wrap it up cut and i'm looking over and i go god i still got like 10 minutes i've you know and i'm and for me to have 15 minutes was i was stretching i was doing it real slow and then the car jumps over. <laughs> and uh i look over he's like wrap it up so finally i'm like you, like i look at him he looks at me and i'm like done he goes done so i walk to the side of the stage and dennis miller walks by me and he says leave your shit so i the guy says you know, did a great job. And I said, I didn't even do five minutes. He says, you're fine. You're fine. You did great. You want to watch? I said, yeah. So I went up to the top of the rafters and I watched the show. And Dennis was sick. I give him credit. He didn't feel well. He was he had a Kleenex box. He was trying to 
go over his notes and he was talking and he wasn't one of his better shows. And, and then he, he looked down and he saw my little, my little props and he, he, he kicked, um, he kicked the cup one. I remember that. And the crowd turned on, they were like, Whoa. And then he's like, it's a, it's a paper fucking cup people. And then he kept going and the crowd booed because, because they loved me. And I had, it was a really clever little prop that I'd made. And then he picked up the car and he goes, okay. And, and he just held it and went, okay. And threw it and threw it down. Now the crowd really went mad. They were really, so he said, what is this? Is this Papa, your cousin? What's going on? What is it family to you? It was the top. He kept saying topper. So I, it was show was over. It didn't feel well. I went off to say hello to him, not about the, my stuff, just to say it was nice working with you. Yeah. And uh, he he left, and and I said I, I he left. He said he, he didn't want to say hi. He said no, no. And he said make sure you tell him next time for you get, to get a watch. Oh shit! So I was like, okay, that's weird. So then I, for a whole year, year and a half, I mean, literally year, two years, three years. Every show Dennis Miller was on would rip me. Every show. And one time it was a roundtable show and Margaret Cho was on and he's going on and on and on. And he says, you know, it's, it's like Carrot Top, you know, here's a guy that's so unprofessional. He, he he opens for me in in Omaha and does an hour in front of me when he's supposed to do 15 minutes. Now I'm like, first of all, it wasn't Omaha. Secondly, I never to this day don't have an hour to go long. Sure. Um, I had five minutes, and so that's bullshit. So I'm trying everything I can to get a hold of him to set the record straight. And then one day I walk out of my elevator at the hotel I'm staying at in L.A., and doors open, and oh, who it is? Dennis Miller. Wow. So I said, Dennis. And he goes, so, you know, hey, Topper. I said, I said do, you have a, do you have a minute? He goes, not really. I said, you have a minute? Just one minute. And he goes, what is it? I said, we got to set the record straight. So I tell him, listen, I tell him the whole story. It wasn't, it was, it was, it was Wake Forest. I had maybe two minutes and one of them was funny. And then you ripped me for two and three years in a row saying that I went long on a gig and I'm not capable of going long. So I think you owe me an apology. And he goes, uh, really? Like, this is what it's about. Okay, whatever. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Like being a young comic, that that meant sure. the world to me. That meant the world to me that he was like going to forgive me for not doing what I didn't do. So I said, okay, truce. And he said, truce. So anyway, we're finally, I guess, friends. Then I end up in Las Vegas and it's a NBA all-star weekend. Right. And somehow I'm playing in it. I don't know why. So I get there and, and Dennis Miller and it's got his son and I don't know, his other son's friend or whatever. They bring me up into the bleachers to sit to my, for my, my thing. And who's sitting right behind my seat? Dennis Miller. And I looked and I said, wow, I got a, I got like one seat better than you. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, he said, yeah, this is, this is going to kill me more than, than the seat. And I said, what's that? He says, my son is your biggest fan. Is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Hey, funny. Funny. Could you take a, could you take a photo with him? First of all, it's funny the way he said it. That's oh, that's funny. Now he said the, the worst thing in my this is the worst thing in my entire life to even say this, but my kid is your biggest fan. <laughs> and if you could take a picture with him, and I said, I, I'm not taking a fucking picture with your son. And he says, You're not? And I said, No, of course I am. I said, Hi, oh, your dad. <laughs> and I said to the son, Your dad has been so nice to me for all these years. He must be such a good dad. And so Dennis is just like fuming. But he shook my hand and he said, we're, we're, we're truth. We're good now. We're good kids. So it was uh, it took three and a half years to get, get a blessing. That's well, funny I, though. That is, I, that is, a, we, and we have to wrap up because we do have our next guest in the waiting room. But, uh, and it's funny, I just saw Dennis at a uh, thing. Maybe that was many years ago. He's such a nice guy. And yeah. I, I guess that stuff happens between people. But I'm glad, I'm yeah. glad at least he came to yeah, realize we came like that. Yeah, one big love fest. And now we get our, our anuses bleached together. So. <laughs> Well, I look, man. I, I, I really, uh, I, I like you a lot, and I have a lot of respect for you. And I'm, I'm My happy boy. that you're going strong. Uh, if you guys are in Vegas, uh, really, uh, Carrot Top is a, a, a really, really funny dude. And the residence is at the Luxor Hotel and Casino, and you've been there for 18 years. And I've never heard anybody who's seen you live say it wasn't a good show. And I really mean that. Not Thank one you. person have I ever said it was not a great show. So go see him if Bye. you're out in Vegas. Appreciate it, Jimmy. And as you know, big fans of yours forever and ever and ever. 
Thank you, Matt. Uh, it's good talking to you, too. Matt not, Matt, Matt, not so much, but you, <laughs> Carrot, so nice to meet you, Carrot. I hope I, we end up in a hotel and the elevator opens up and I see you in person. Just be- and we'll talk about all this. And I'll say, how many nights do you play again? <laughs> and you'll say, you're not listening, Douglas. And I'll say, oh, dude, I got some prop comics for you. Anyway, yeah, listen. Prop, good talking to you, buddy. Hey, listen, big props to you, buddy. Take Thank care. You, buddy. Yes, guys. talk to you Cheers. again, man. Thanks, God. Be good. And um, one day, yeah, it's great. Jiu-jitsu lesson, maybe. Yeah, the great carrot top. I was going to ask him about Chairman of the Board, his movie, but you know what? I don't. I know we we, that was an interesting story with uh, Dennis Miller too. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and Dennis is such a nice dude too. I guess that just you you know somebody has an impression of you or they don't like you, and and that's the way it goes. Um, Tracy Cortez is, I think, in the Tracy in here waiting room. She'll annoy me less than Carrot Top. He's a very, he's a very, no, he's great. He was teasing you because you did actually ask the same question that. Yeah, well, tough shit. Anyway, let's have fucking Tracy in here. Nice Carrot Top. Thank you for hanging out with us. I'm going to rent chairman of the board tonight. That's what I'm going to rent. I've never seen uh, this. Me neither. And I don't think I'm going to. But, um, what if it's uh, good? Let's, what's that? Where's Tracy? Maybe there's a sequel coming out. Let's get Tracy on. Where is Tracy? Tracy Cortez. We haven't seen her fight in a second. No, it's been 15 months. Uh, they, they, she didn't get cleared. Uh, I don't remember which um, commi- uh, Florida Athletic Commission pulled her for an undisclosed health. Uh, this is December the 3rd. And then the fight went to May, but then she had a hand injury that she had to get surgery for. So it's, I, I believe it's been 15 months since she fought. Yeah. Anyway, I think. I mean, I wanna, I wanna see what she's up to because she's undefeated in the in the UFC. She, she lost overall. She has so much potential. What happened? That's a flyweight division. That what is he saying? What is our producer jumping? He said in? that's a flyweight division that has a lot of talent. Well, thank you, buddy. Thanks. Yes. Waiter, that that's that's something. Uh listen. Of course, it has a lot of talent. She's a major talent, Tracy Cortez. And she's, like I said, she's undefeated, man. But something happened where she was supposed to fight in her last fight. And she was at the fight. And something happened. It got called off. Was that the Florida commission? She's in the waiting room. Let's ask her. I don't know if that's the Florida commission one or the May hand injury. I'm going to assume that was the Florida commission. But then again, they wouldn't wave her off last minute. I don't know the answer to that. Now, listen, she's Man, he must fight in Florida. Oh, yeah, it was the Florida one. Let's bring her in here. And we will ask her. Find out where she's been. Yes. She's a very interesting story. Hi, Tracy. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're good now. Thank you. Am I supposed to see you guys? Oh, well, you don't see us? Uh, consider it good luck if you can't, um, because we're not terrific to look at. Matt <laughs> looks like Matt. He's he's bald, but he's in shape. I'm bald. I have I glasses. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a fat neck. Believe me. It's like uh, Matt and a bullfrog. Picture those two things. That's what you're talking to. It, I mean... We got it. That's okay. Listen, Tracy, the, the the fight game misses you. Where have you been? Um, I want to say I've I've been you know okay, but I that's you know yeah. Is it so just slow. life? Is it is it physical stuff, mental stuff? I mean, you've been in what's going on? You know, not not the pride, but just the fight. No, 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 no. It, it's just it, it, my health issues, um, injuries. I. I've been, uh, I, I want to say this year has been by far one of just a crazy year for me. I, I've been getting injured, like by injury after injury after injury. And um, as soon as I was clear to go and train, I got back on the mats. Uh, I went to Brazil, trained out there for about a month and a half, and then uh, learned a lot, came back home, called my manager, said, hey, you know what? I'm ready for a fight now. Like, I'm, I'm in good shape. I... I feel good. My injuries are all healed up, and I got lucky to get on this card. And in December, when you were supposed to fight, was that the, that was the Amanda Hibas fight that they stopped in Florida, or that they the commission wouldn't clear for in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how long before the fight did that happen? Uh, what do you, 
It was literally after I weighed in. It was after the way. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize. I, I weighed in. I made the post. I was trying to rehydrate. I didn't feel too well. Um, medical team called and they just, they didn't clear me. When that they, I'm oh, sorry, Matt. No, you have that. No, I was in London ages ago. I mean, ages ago. And uh, my buddy Gil Castillo, that people probably might not remember if they're, they're young kids, but he was a, a former about the uh, middleweight champ. He was one of the, I think maybe the, well, he fought for the middleweight champ. But anyway, he was going to fight a guy named Tony D'Souza over in London, weighed in, same exact thing. He did, he felt something he didn't feel right. And they had to call the fight. So it does happen. I mean, your body goes through things with, a, with not only a, a fighting a, a camp, but the weight cut. And, it, you know, you, you take off the weight, you put it back. You never know how your body's going to react. So yeah. it's happened yeah. before. It's not an odd, odd thing, Tracy. This has happened before. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where uh, fans, you know, assuming they, that I pulled out and other stuff, and that wasn't the case. So uh, Amanda, I, I spoke to Amanda. She knew it wasn't me. She knew it was a commission. And, you know, uh, it'll be exciting to uh, run that back. Oh, yeah. Had you, had you had a tough cut, was there anything to indicate to you? Or did it just you responded strangely? Or, or did you feel it coming in like, oh, yeah, this might be a problem? No, it wasn't a bad cut at all. I, I ended up cutting nine, nine, eight and a half pounds, almost nine. Um, but it, it was just uh, health issues. Uh, well, I, and you're okay now? Yeah, I'm healthy. I'm good, strong. And your hand is all healed? Yeah, it is. Feels good. I mean, it, it, is, it doesn't look pretty, but it's healed. As long as it works. Yeah. Well, now, what made you go to Brazil to train? And where did you train in Brazil? Uh, I went to Natal, uh, and I trained at the Pitbull Brothers oh, with nice. Patricio, Patricky, and the rest of the team there. They're just, they're incredible. I know Patricio for a very long time. He used to come to Fight Ready and um, train there as well. So it was, it was a great experience. Oh, nice. And uh, you've had such an interesting story um you know you you coming up family tragedies and you've worked through all of it and uh when, when you took off a year i know your mom had passed and you took off you was it a year of training or were you actively fighting at that point when my mom passed yeah um i i took i took off about a year i want to say from from training and everything uh, not from training i was training here and there well i took off a few months from training um and then I just, I just wasn't in a good place to, to compete. You know, uh, you, you guys know the fight game when you're in camp, like a lot of emotions tend to come up and it's just, it wasn't, it was one of those things. And I was young. I was 20. It was one of those things where my coaches and everyone, saw, they just saw me day in and day out and how I was struggling. So. Yeah. Cause there are moods in life that can motivate us, even bad things, but then sometimes if it's overwhelming, it can interfere with what we're trying to do. A hundred percent. And you've been you're ten, 10 and one. So I'm sorry, Matt. One loss. It reminds me of kind of, of of Chris Cyborg, how she had one one loss and then went on a twenty fight uh, win streak. What what happened after that first loss? Was there something that clicked in, or did something change, or what happened? It did. Damn, I'm even getting the chills talking about it. God, that one loss freaking kills me. <laughs> um, but I was young. I was yeah. uh, what eighteen, nineteen. I was young, and I, uh, I fought. Uh, uh, someone that was a lot older than me, more experienced. Um, that was just like a reality check, you know, where I kind of sat in the hotel room and I said, okay, if I really want to do this, I have to do more. You know, it, I, it, I, I, I didn't blame the coaches. I didn't blame the weight. I didn't blame nobody. It was me. Like, okay, I need to do more. I need to be more in jiu-jitsu. I need to be more in striking. I need to pick up my card. It was, it was all me. And um, after that, I, I, I told myself, you know, like, I'm going to work my ass off and I will never be outworked again. So you went on a tear. You went on a, you're on a tear. And what, and you even have a win uh, a few years back on, over Erin Blanchfield, who's doing amazing right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen her uh, move up in the rankings and that's exciting. It's very exciting. Respect. Yeah. And when you, when you see someone like that, uh, that, that you have a, it was a split decision win. It was a great fight. And you see her like, you know, again, they're being talked about in title contention. You have to, uh, has she moved up in weight or is she still fighting? Uh, or is she, is she at the same weight as you know? 
She's still in the flyweight. Yeah. Oh, she is. Okay. Uh, if if you if she does get the belt, you're then in in a conversation because you're one of her losses that she might want to get back. So you you have to kind of root for her to get the belt if she gets it before you do. You know what? Um, that it's, that would be a great story. Actually, that would be an incredible story. But um, something that I'm just really excited about for the future is I really hope Alexa wins because I think there it would be an incredible uh, fight to have two Mexicanas, strong-rooted, fighting in Mexico, uh, you know, just representing Raza, that, that Mexican heart. And I'm, that's the fight. I, respectfully, no, no, no disrespect towards sure. Alexa, but that is a fight that I'm really looking forward to just because uh, we do both represent Mexico very hard. And although I am Mexican-American, I, my roots run deep, you know, I'm, I'm a proud Mexican and, uh, I think that'll be an exciting fight for me and her. What part of Mexico is your family from? Irapuato, Guanajuato. I'm not, where, where, what part of Mexico? I, I was hoping for a name that I recognized. I, I, I'm like a typical ignorant American. What, what part, what's that near? It's, it's so the nearest I could think of would that everybody knows it's about seven hours away from Guadalajara more so. Oh, okay. Do you travel there and see extended family? Yeah, I was there earlier this year in January. I'm going to go again probably a week after, in a week after this fight. <laughs> Just go spend time with my family, eat some tacos, agua de Jamaica. Mm. Say Mexico like again. Can you say Mexico again for me? Mexico. Now, I, if I say it like that to a Mexican, they might smack me. I can't say that like that. Mexico. If I say Mexico, they can be like, are you happy with me? Because it doesn't say, no. I say Mexico. But if I say Mexico, they'll go, hey, dude, what are you doing? Are you, are you being a wise ass, right? It doesn't sound weird if I say Mexico. Yeah, I'm going I, to Mexico. Feel like I mean, to each their own, you know? I, I, yeah. I Personally, there's some words. I grew up speaking, like, Spanglish. So if oh. there's words that I don't know in English, because it, you'll be surprised, I naturally start talking in Spanish, and then I just start going back and forth. Spanish. I hardly, hey, listen, I hardly know English, so I'm not... I'm, I'm no good at anything. I just think it's really cool the way you say that in taco. Anyway. Listen, now when, go ahead, Jimmy. I was going to say, when you, you said you get the chills thinking about that first loss, but don't you ever look at it like, hey, there was a lesson and you got it out of the way really early. Like you learned this really important thing on the first fight and then went on a tear. It's like you got that loss out of the way. You never have to worry about when that's going to come. You know what that feels like and you've done it and you learned what you should have learned from it. Yeah, you know, that was that was a big eye-opener for me and I'm really grateful, which is going to sound crazy that it, it, like you said, you know, that it happened early. It was my pro debut. Um, and it was just like a reality check, you know, like, do you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like this feeling of losing. <laughs> I'm not a loser. So granted, I know it comes with the game, but it was definitely, um, it was a great experience. And because of it, I, I mean, you, the results speak for itself and um, I'm a hard worker. I'm a disciplined woman and um, I've, I, I've got this far. And I want to say the, the, the loss definitely took play. <laughs> now, Jasmine Jasudavias, uh, uh, what are you expecting out of Jasmine? Um, and what do you think she's going to do to prepare for you? Mm. You know, I know she's, she's tough. I know she's a well-rounded fighter. Um, I kind of want to say she reminds me a little bit of me where, where she, we're not good at one thing, you know, we're just really, we know how to m put everything together, MMA. And, um, I think that's, what's going to be exciting about this fight where we both like to come forward. We both aren't afraid to take it to the ground and we both don't mind, you know, the clinch work where it's just very similar. It's a good matchup. Well, Tracy, look, I mean, we're happy that you're getting back in. I know it's got to feel really good for you after this layoff. And now that that's passed and you're, and you're ready to go, good luck on Saturday. You're on a great card. And, uh, yeah, I think that you against Grasso would be uh, an amazing matchup. Also, again, I, I would take you against Blanchfield as well. I'm sure you would if you had to. Uh, but whatever it is, I hope you do well this weekend. And it was, uh, it was good talking to you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks, take, Tracy. Tracy Cortez, thank you very much. Bye. I'm glad we worked that out. Isn't she lucky she didn't have to look at us?
Jimmy. That worked out fine, Jimmy. Yes. Jimmy, we had a good time. Let's do a proper plug. I'm taking Shevchenko. You said you're taking Grasso. Uh, no, I'm taking Shevchenko by decision. Again, I think she's a smart fighter, and I think she'll make the adjustments that she needs to make. And I don't think she'll make that same mistake twice. It doesn't mean that she can't get her back taken, but I don't think she'll, she'll give it up the same way that she got it taken last time. Hey, man. I'm with you, homie. I'm by, with you. By the way, I yes. think the first thing she does is throw a spinning kick when she comes out. The first thing. I think within the first, I think she immediately shows that's not going to work again. Almost to get the, I hate to say to get the monkey off her back, but to, but, but to, to, to knock that, the idea of that down to size, I'll bet you she throws something spinning in the first minute to catch her off guard. Well, I'll take that bet. Mm. We're not really betting. But listen, the thing is this. Uh, I think, will she throw something spinning? Yeah, she might. But I think she's going to make the proper corrections, and I feel she's going to get a belt back, you know? And it's very exciting. Jimmy, uh, I can't wait for the fights this weekend. Is it the same bad time, same bad channel? Ra Raul Rosas Jr. is fighting again, too, after his uh, first loss. Against, uh, yeah, no, Terrence Mitchell. Oh, I'm so. I didn't, He's right. I didn't, yeah, Terrence Mitchell is fighting. Oh, shit. Did I get the wrong Terrence? Look at that. Um, yeah, that's all right. Uh, it's just 10,000 people fighting. It's, it's difficult. To always, uh, he lost a very tough decision uh, to Rodriguez last time after a very solid uh, opening. So it'll be interesting to see the adjustments he makes against Mitchell now that he's actually fighting in the UFC, knowing that you can't just blitzkrieg these guys and, and, and win. The things that worked on fighters one step below are probably not going to work on this level. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the adjustments that uh, Raul Rosas makes. And good luck to Kevin Holland as well against uh, Jack Della Maddalena. I think Kevin does wind up finding a way to win. I think we talked about he finds a way to win. Yeah. That I say yeah, I, I think, yeah, the experience is going to be the difference in that one. You know what I mean? And thank, yes, and, and, and thank you to Carrot Top and Tracy Cortez. Yes. And uh, Matt will chat over there. Congratulations to the five who got contracts from Dana and congratulations to the UFC for merging with WWE under uh, TKO. It's just great news for everybody. Dude, congrats to you. That means a raise for us, Matt. Yes, over 700 episodes. <laughs> Tonight, Shit. 7 o'clock, Fat Black Pussycat, if you want to see me. And uh, check out Matt at uh, Sarah BJJ out there on Long Island. Guys, what a great time. This was fun. Jimmy, I'll talk to you shortly. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.